Welcome to Life Lessons and Law with LaShonda. I'm your host, LaShonda Council Rogers. In each episode, we have authentic and entertaining conversations about the impact of the law on women. You can find the show on my website, www.thecouncilfirm.com, and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Now, please join me in Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. Today, I am here with Christina Campbell, and Christina Campbell is the adoption law guru here in Georgia, and anytime a client calls me and they start, ask, they start asking me about adoption issues, I'm like, uh, stop call Christina Campbell. So Christina, hi, thank you for being here. Hi, LaShonda. Thanks so much for having me. Y'all, I have known Christina since 19... Right. uh, (laughs) A long time, since our college days. Mm -hmm. And it is so amazing to see how her practice has exploded and she's doing such good work. Like Like I said, working with people who have adoption needs. And so Tina, tell us a little bit about the Campbell Law Practice and just a little bit about you before we jump right in. All right, sure. So I have been practicing law for a little close to 19-ish years. Um, And I've had my own practice, the Campbell Law Practice since 2011. And when I say I am so blessed and so happy to be able to do what I'm passionate about, and that is legally joining families um, via adoptions, um, that's what my practice is. That's what I do. And I love it. So Awesome. Awesome. And she's from Tennessee originally. So are you still, although you've been in Georgia for a long time, are you still like a diehard go Vols fan or are you I know you went to Georgia Tech so right. I mean you representing yeah. Tennessee and Georgia Tech have a played on the rare occasion and I guess I'm split but I lean yeah. probably more to Georgia Tech so don't hate me balls out there but you know I know I but you have on orange so like yeah I still bleed orange <laughs> but if there's a a game, I'm probably going to lean Georgia Tech. So, Got you, got you. So as I was digressing, now I'm reeling myself back in. So we're talking about adoptions and there are different types of adoptions. And I know you handle the gamut. So tell us a little bit about the different types of adoptions before we jump in. Sure. So there are many different types of domestic adoptions, meaning here that are handled in the United States and Georgia. So we have foster care adoptions, which is, um, I handle quite a bit of those. Those those adoptions are when um, the child's, um, the the adoptive parents are first foster care parents, and then they receive the opportunity to um, adopt their child from foster care. Um, A step-parent adoption, which is very, very, Um, necessary and very important for a blended family, meaning like if you have, um, you're married to someone and you are raising a child in your home that you don't, that's not your biological child and you don't have any legal rights to, a step-parent adoption is very 
uh, a good resource for the blended family. There's agency adoption, a private party adoption where you self-match, like there's no agency involved. An adult adoption, which believe it or not, LaShonda, I get so many of those calls, adult adoptions on a weekly basis. And that's when you're over the age of 18 and you want to formalize your adoption. So those are very popular as well. Wait, so, okay, okay. So what, all right, so you're over the age of 18. Why yes. would you need somebody to adopt you? So many reasons and so many valid and good reasons. Like the, the main thing though, is that everyone needs family. Everyone wants family, no matter the age. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times um, I get calls like, for graduation, like May is coming up, graduation, children are turning 18, they're going off to college, they weren't able to formalize their adoption as a minor for reasons maybe like they didn't, um, it was going to be too contested, too emotional, um, so they needed to wait, so they didn't have to deal with terminating a parent. Um, so they'll wait till they're 18. Um, to be honest, if you're close to 17, an adult adoption costs a lot less than um, a, a minor adoption. And so um, people will do that. And so you don't have to do as much. You don't have to terminate. You don't have to do background checks. You don't have to serve. So there's a lot of reasons that if you're close to the age of, of 18, that you'll wait for the adult adoption. And one, one client that just rings a bell, past client that I did an adoption, they were older. Mm -hmm. um, she was more like 60 and her stepdad was in his 80s and her, their, her mom had passed away, but she wanted to formalize that adoption because um because she, he was getting older and he wanted to she wanted to make sure that she could get into the hospital and help him and speak up for him and only really like a legal um child had those rights and so that was very important and plus he had been her dad for 40 years so there's just a range of reasons why someone would want an adult adoption and I'm thinking, well, two things. One, with in the example that you just provided about the 60-year-old being adopted, going through that process would probably solidify her right to inherit from. Absolutely. Yes, mm -hmm. it, it absolutely solidifies the right of inheritance. It, an adult adoption makes you a, just again, like biological relationships. And interestingly, it also cuts off biological relationships. So when you replace that mother or you replace that father, the biological parent that cuts off that relationship like it didn't exist. Oh, wow. Okay, Christina, you mentioned terminating parental rights um, with regard to adoptions. T tell us a little bit more about that process. Is it a situation where a child is trying to terminate or separate from their parents? Or is it a parent saying, okay, I don't want to deal with this child anymore? How does that work? Okay. So when I am talking about terminating a parental rights, it's usually the petitioner who is the adopting parent. So it could be a step parent. 
um, that's filing, for example, we'll use a step parent adoption and they are terminating the parental rights of the absent parent. For example, mm -hmm. if the father is a step parent, if the step parent is a male, he's terminating the absence father's rights. So it's not a situation where the child can terminate rights. Um, it's more of a situation where the petitioner or the adopting parent or step parent is petitioning the court, requesting the court to terminate a parent, a biological parent's rights. Okay, so under what circumstances would this happen? Would it be just that the parent has abandoned the child or could it be a parent thinks that the other parent is unfit? So sticking to, we'll just for the sake of this um, example, stick to a step parent adoption. So when a step parent is uh, requesting um, when a step parent wants to petition and request the court for adoption, the standard is what is in the child's best interest. Mm -hmm. So that's what the court is determining. Um, so when they're terminating these parental rights, for example, in a step parent adoption, they are looking at two of the key things are number one, has that parent that they're requesting termination, um, have they communicated in a meaningful, supportive, parental manner, meaning have they visited the child in over a year, communicated with the child, um, just acted in a, you know, a parent not been absent. To be honest, a lot of uh, step parent adoptions, it'll be years since mm -hmm. that parent has even seen the child, text the child, you know, checked on the child, sent a gift, like a, a card. So any communic, so that is one grounds, just no meaningful supportive contact can get, uh, is grounds for termination when it's one year prior to the filing of the petition for adoption. Mm -hmm. And another ground that's very common in a step parent is if the child, the parent has not paid any child support, has not supported that child at all in just one year prior to that petition for adoption being filed, those are two solid grounds for uh, terminating their parental rights. Of course, if those grounds are not there, and believe it or not, there are some parents that are willing and just want to surrender their rights in a step parent adoption, mm. you can do that too, without just any reason. The court doesn't even ask them, why are you surrendering or anything? They just sign surrender of rights. So that's how rights can be terminated. So um, I, I know that this, I, I think I read about this in the news about um, a step parent adopting a child okay. and then the step parent divorcing the biological yeah. parent. And walk us through yes. that sticky situation. Okay. So, when a step parent adoption is granted, that puts the biological mother and the step parent, they are equivalent legal parents. They have equal rights. And I tell my clients this all at the time because you want to make sure you have a solid marriage because mm -hmm. after you have a, a step parent adoption and th that family breaks up, divorces, well, either one of them can petition for full custody of the child, that step parents equal as the mom. And either one of them can be the on the hook for child support. So that step parent, 
that's now a legal parent and y'all divorce, they are on the hook for child support because that's their legal child, just as if that, that was their biological child. So you, we counsel our clients and make sure that they understand that because there are, I've had some instances where there have been families that are kind of shaky and mm -hmm. um, we have to make sure they understand, look, if you continue with this step parent adoption, you need to realize that you're you are equivalent to parents that and that's that's child support and that's custody. So be sure you you know that you know when you are doing something so permanent as adoption. Gotcha. Give us um, an example. Say when you're in foster, if you're fostering a child, okay. um, is there a well not an example, but is there a time frame? that a foster parent would need to wait before they can say, hey, Corey, I want to adopt this child. We have established this bond. Right. At what point can foster parents just say, hey, let's just make this official? Okay, so foster, foster care adoption and fostering are um, two complete different issues um, in mm -hmm. the sense of um, when you're fostering a child, while it, yes, you get to decide, do I want to adopt this child if the child becomes available? And if DFAC's Department of Family and Children's Services is going to consent and says you can adopt, that's two big things. Like mm -hmm. before you even get to fostering, it's not in the sense of that when you're fostering, the child comes in your home and you are automatically thinking, am I going to adopt them? Am I not? Because you need to understand that the goal of foster care is reunification mm -hmm. with the child's parents. So it's not as simple as um, when the child comes in, I'm automatically going to adopt them. But mm -hmm. to answer your question, once the parental rights are terminated in the juvenile court um, in for a foster care adoption, um, that they're going to want the child to be in your home at least six months before an adoption can occur. And mm -hmm. in a lot of times they're in your home for years and you don't even know whether you're going to adopt them three, four years, sometimes before they even become available for adoption. Gotcha. So in that case, um, and I'm sure it's probably never happened, but it could happen. Has there been a, a time where a foster child says, nope, I don't want you to adopt me <laughs> and the parents want to adopt the foster child? Well, usually if that does happen, it happens before it gets to me because I okay. handle the legal aspect of it. And so DFAX is going to prepare um, families that are ready to move forward with an adoption. But it is very important to know, though, that a child, once the child reaches the age of 14, they must provide their consent to an adoption. So mm -hmm. they have to provide it in writing, as well as when we go to court, they have to verbally consent to the adoption. So that's important to know once that child does reach the age of 14, because the court does want to hear that this is something that that child wants to do. So tell us um, why would our viewers need an attorney for an adoption? Yes, when I say you so, so, so need an attorney for an adoption, because I there it is 
I could probably just do LaShonda a show of about families that didn't think they needed an adoption an adoption attorney and how that did not end up well. But the main thing is not only do you need an attorney, but you need an adoption attorney. Like mm-hmm. um, adoption is everyone looks at it as the happy law. Um, and they think, oh, I can do it. it. It's easy. But there's so many legal little things um, such as getting the right documents, the right surrender of rights executed. Um, mm-hmm. That if you don't do that, for example, there was a case where um, an, a, a birth mother decided that um, she was going to surrender her rights for a private party adoption. Attorney wasn't as experienced in adoption law and got the wrong surrenders. Um, She executed them, didn't get, and there's a lot of things, a lot of technical things. Well, in Georgia, you have four days to change your mind. Um, It's called the revocation period after you sign a surrender. The four days had passed and then the adoption wasn't going so well, so it reached out to try to get help. And this, I've had several, this is just not a one case scenario. I've Mm -hmm. had several stories similar to this. Well, the mom had had time to, it had been several weeks, months since the mom, the biological mom had signed those documents and she was starting to change her mind. Had it been executed properly, the revocation period had passed. Well, it wasn't executed properly. So the mom had to re-sign surrenders and she did what was right for her, which was she changed her mind within the four days and it was a failed adoption. Like that's just one example. Um, I've had so many of those, like I'm not happy about that, but that's not just one story. That's just several where an adoptive mother had to give the baby, a potential adoptive mother had to give the child back because documents were not executed or drafted properly. So it's so, so key that you have um, an adoption attorney, you know, an experienced adoption attorney handle your adoption. Wow. That's so sad. But I know it's so emotional. Like it's, Mm. it's, and it's just the reality. Okay. Yeah. Well, switching gears okay. a little bit, um, and this goes on to a more personal level. Okay, you, we, and I have something in common other than yeah. friendship for a long time. We're both raising teenage daughters. Yes, fun times. <laughs> um, so you not only have one teenage daughter, you have two. I do, and they are both just track superstars and they're at the point now where they're starting to compete against each other. Oh yes. Tell, how are you handling that? That I I, I can't imagine. Let me just say on those days when we had our first one. Okay. So let me go back a little, two daughters, 15, 13, one, it's about to be in high school. One's 10th grade in high school. And yes, they both run track. For the most part, they do different events, but they can do the same events. And on that day, when they do the same events in our house, 
we're like on eggshells because yeah. <laughs> it's so, they're so competitive and uh you know it's all fun it really is all fun but it's just nerve-wracking for everyone in the family so mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine because you don't want to cheer for one or over the other and it's hard because generally when they're just the only person in the race you just cheer yeah. for your one child so you're cheering for both and it's well like, let me tell you my secret because okay. actually i for i mean they probably are not watching if you do hey yeah. girl but actually i go to i talk to each of them before their race like at home and i do tell them i'm like you go out there and you beat your sister like i tell <laughs> both of them that because i want to encourage them and i want i'm like listen you go out there you don't hold anything back you're good you're talented you got this mm -hmm. and you go out there and you win this race i tell the exact same thing to both of them but not at the same time so whether yeah. they think that i'm just telling them that i don't know but i tell them both that so um yeah i'm just like go out there be you do great so <laughs> yeah no, well your secret is safe with us okay. we, we, we won't we won't tell them we won't tell yeah. them um but you know it's a special time having teenage daughters yeah. and but you know sometimes i just want to um move <laughs> and just <laughs> find a new place to live because they're so emotional are they not very, like so emotional very, very i in the morning i don't know which daughter i'm gonna get am i gonna get the happy daughter or am i gonna get the sad daughter am i gonna get the upset daughter and i just don't if i'm rewinding and taking the cobwebs out of my brain i don't remember being that way but maybe i was but maybe and so maybe were, this is just kind of coming full circle. But it, it, some days it's hard. It it's, is so hard, Lashonda. Like I, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's. We just got up. What are you upset about? <laughs> we just woke up in the morning. So, what are we tired? You know, it's just. Um, but both of my girls are actually they really although they both run tracks they really have different personality they're they're mm -hmm. opposites they look alike i guess because people will say they look alike to me of course they don't but they're both so different so i have to adjust my parenting style to fit each one of them um differently and just know their strengths and weaknesses and their concerns because um they're too different they're they're both different and if anyone knows my girls, they would agree and shake my their head and be like, "Yeah, they're so different." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 interesting. Um, mainly, I I try to be aware of the things that my daughter finds important that I think are just a drop in the bucket, because for her at this age. It, it's a big deal a and I try very hard not to trivialize the things that she finds important yeah. but sometimes it's hard because obviously I've I have more years of experience yeah. than she does and I'm sitting here like this is nothing exactly. this is nothing but to her is earth-shattering so I have to always tell myself put yourself in her shoes. Now, sometimes she's just wrong, wrong, no matter yeah. what, if it's earth shattering or not, you're, just, you're wrong. But I'm, I just have to jog my memory like, okay, you 
were that age once, would this have been important to you? And so then I have to calm down and be like, okay, let's talk this through. This is important to you right now. Right. So it needs to be important to me as yes. well. But it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I do the same thing trying to mm -hmm. say, okay, in my head, I, I'm thinking, do we really need to talk about this? But the look <laughs> on her face says, yes, we do. Yeah. So I do try to, you know, look, let me get all in. And, you know, with two girls, they're watching me, mm -hmm. how I respond to each other. And whether they say it or not, one will let me know, but one maybe won't. They want to make sure that mommy is fair and is talking to both of us and understands um, both of us and is giving equal time. So there's just a, a lot of girl female issues on a daily basis in our house that I'm like, okay, let's get it. Let's get to it. And let me gauge how much is this affecting them and how much is it just, can we just talk about it and keep going, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the fight, well, I wouldn't say a fight, the disagreement that comes up often at our house is comes to a point when we talk about clothing <laughs> because her definition of what's appropriate does not match my definite definition and so let me sit up real tall as right, i talk speak about this yes and if there are any clothes manufacturers that are watching this <laughs> i want them to know that i do not want my daughter to dress like a baby kardashian okay <laughs> um but it seems like that's all that they're making now, like yeah. the crop tops, yes. the short shorts, the cut out this, the cut out that. And it makes it very, very difficult because if that's what's in the store, unless you're going to make your daughter's clothing. Yes. Which your daughter's getting really good at making clothing. Now, yes. But yes. she makes it with the cutouts. <laughs> she makes it with the this and the that. So, yeah, she's very talented. She can make a dress. She can do this. But yeah. then I'm like, well, why'd you have to have the little lace on the side? It was pretty without that. And why does it have to be so short? <sighs> That's a repetitive conversation in our house. Okay. I think after the end, after I say it one day, and I'm so, I'm so confident when I say it that I'm not kidding. I yeah. think that that was, that should be the last time I'm having that conversation because they got Correct. it, but no. I'm having the same. I'm like, are, we just had this conversation yesterday. <laughs> yeah. With the yeah. clothing, it's you're it, you're so for real. Like, the clothing is. I like your words. I don't want them dressing like baby Kardashians. That is funny, but yes, it's it's a struggle in our house, and they keep on pulling up examples, and they think that I don't get it. I'm not. I mean, all of my friends are dressing like this. Yes. And with you so yeah but yeah no, it doesn't fly in our house we're not we're not doing that yeah but you know one day I, I i had to stop myself because i got so angry because my daughter said to me she's like mom she had on like this outfit that was just not appropriate and we were in a dressing room at a store and she's like are you trying to body shame me i was like she got fancy with it so what do you say when someone says that body shape wow. ma'am no i'm just telling you that 
this is not right. It has nothing to do with your body. Yeah. See, I can't see. I'm getting flashed. You're getting upset getting now as you think about it. <laughs> no, I'm not body shaming you. I'm just right. telling you what is going to fly in yes. this house. Yes. It has nothing to do with your body. And just like, is there something wrong with my body? <sighs> so I was like, mom, we're so trying to breathe. An intelligent breathe. breathe. Yes. I was like, where'd you get that from? I would never ask my mom, are you trying to body chain me? That's just a new thing. It is. Well, I hope my daughters aren't listening. That might be next. But, you know, I do have to be sensitive mm -hmm. about body image, but mm -hmm. still. You know, because they're females and um, you don't want to make them self-conscious. But number right. one, it's not allowed. Like inappropriate is inappropriate. We are very yes. clear with our standards. So that's not up for discussion. But do you ever feel like, you know, I have to be careful with what I say and how I communicate because they are so sensitive about their bodies? Yes. Because I feel yes. that way. Yes, definitely. <sighs> Yeah, we need to form a female. support group. Me too. <laughs> a support yeah, group because yeah. these girls are something else. They yeah. they are, uh, and I'm sure raising a son, teenage son, has its challenges. But yeah, yeah I agree. Mm. Yes, but anyway, as I digress, um, unfortunately, our time is up. Okay, but we'll have to bring you back because I know we just touched the tip of the iceberg yes. with regard to adoptions and adoption law. Um, and I think that our viewers need to understand how important it is to have someone like yourself mm -hmm. who knows how to properly handle an adoption because it could be terrifying and heart-wrenching if they choose to one, handle the adoption themselves or yeah. two, go to someone who is not as experienced. And yes. it's not a knock on anybody, but experience does matter. Yes. And they, if you're watching, you're in Georgia, call Christina Campbell for all your adoption law needs. But Christina, they need to find you. So tell yes. the viewers how they can find you. Okay, so you can find me on the my internet, CampbellLawPractice.com. And I have a Facebook group, the Georgia okay. Adoption Process Group. So if you wanna know the adoption process here in Georgia, um, join my Facebook group and you can call me um, my information is on the website for, but it's 404-981-5257. Send me an email. I would love to sit down and talk with you just to see if an adoption is the best legal strategy for your family. And thank you, awesome. Lashonda, for having me on oh, your show. No, thank you so, so much. much. Yeah. Oh no, it was my pleasure. Very interesting stuff. So Everyone, you have no excuse. You know how to contact Christina Campbell. Um, so until next time, uh, thank you for tuning in to Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. You've been tuning into Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. In each episode, we have authentic and entertaining conversations about the impact of the law on women. I hope you'll join me each time. You can find this show on my website at www.thecouncilfirm.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We appreciate your positive comments and reviews. And don't forget to share this show with others. I've been your host, LaShonda Council Rogers. <laughs>